Hello and welcome to Friday Night Fright Presents Comic Book Calvacadia 2020. Man, we're going to have some fun this month. Every episode in May, every day in May, there's going to be a brand new episode. It's going to be a mini review of a comic book movie. Yay, can't wait, hyped. So it's going to cover the gauntlet. It's going to be loads of MCU stuff. There's going to be some DC stuff probably. Uh, might be some off stuff. There's going to be Flash recaps of Flash Season 2 every Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be four or five of those, depending on how many Tuesdays are in May. But it's going to be tight, because they've all got a week off. Yay! Anyway, this is the intro comic for Cavcadia. So you hear this every day of the week, and then you'll hear an intro for the movie that I'm covering that day. Or TV show. Ooh, scary! Anyway, I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor. Hello! It's your boy in Austin, another edition of We're Not Friday Night Friday, but Comic book Calvacadia 2020 and today's edition Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2 is the sequel to Guardians of Galaxy by James Gunn and prior to Disney bringing Star Wars back it was close, Guardians of Galaxy was close to Star Wars adapted from comic book by primarily by Dave Abnett and Andy Lanning. It was a kick up the arse for Marvel because it allowed them to do a team movie about dealing with some of the wider aspects of Marvel Universe. And this, this first movie, despite some stuff with Thanos, which was a bit shoehorned in, was really, really, really good. And sequel, I saw it at the time, was really, really, really good. I actually saw it with someone I used to work with, and we laughed our asses off because it was really, really, really good. And so they fight James Gunn's a talent to watch. So naturally, Disney fired him because of some tweets and some blog posts which were inappropriate and really, 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 really stupid, but shouldn't have been fireable offences, especially as Disney knew about them in advance. So they fired him, and he went to DC's Make the Suicide Squad, the sequel to Suicide Squad, and then Disney hired him back to make Guardians of Galaxy Volume 3, which will come out in two years, apparently. Maybe, if the way it hasn't been destroyed by then. Guardians of Galaxy was a really, really, really good movie, and its sequel was a really, 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 really good movie. In fact, but probably one of my favourite movies, to be honest, because everything in the first one has been amped up and done much better. So this is pretty much going to be a preamble, but the actual Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2, I can't see getting anything below five stars. But who knows, maybe I'll be a bit different with my take on it. And we'll be back in just a few seconds to review Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2. So, Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2 then. This picks up almost immediately after the first movie, which is a nice change of pace. It feels somewhat still in its contained area of Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it deals in more philosophical, angsty way than the predecessor on characters' psyches and their character relationships with their fellow characters and characters who are no longer with us and characters off-screen in case of Thanos. Thankfully, Thanos is not in this movie, which is good, even though his presence is still failed in the actions of Gamora and Nebula, whose relationship deepens a fair bit. I think one of my favourite things about Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2 is it doesn't betray what made the original work. It's still very, very funny and very, very charming, but it does deepen the characters in some interesting ways. And indeed, while it does deal with a plot which has universal repercussions, it feels a bit smaller than the first movie in lots of ways. Not dealing with galactic... Well, 
not dealing with many galactic armies this time. The focus seems to be focused almost entirely on our Guardians characters with the additions of Mantis and Yondu to Rant and Baby Groot, which is an interesting story choice. But the Hearth movie is based around Chris Pratt's Star-Lord and his relationships with his... If you listen to this, I assume you've already seen the movie. His relationships with his actual dad, the planet Ego, who can turn into Kurt, Kurt Russell, or his dad of sorts, Yondu, who is much deeper from the original movie, but not which which betray his characterization. His characterization in that movie, they do quite a clever. A trick with Yondu, where they make him more relatable, but they don't deny that he's done horrible things, and they don't sugarcoat his actions in the last movie by any stretch. Indeed, this is almost like adding shade to a picture that's already been created, and it really gives Michael Rooker something to work with, Michael Rooker being one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood, best known for playing Hillbilly Psychopaths, I guess you'd say. But in this movie, he really gets a chance to show off his acting talent. And boy, it's this guy seriously a good actor. Um, he he lights up the screen in time he's on it. And he takes what he's been given and delivers it perfectly. If slightly awkwardly, which shows up because Yongdu is an awkward character. And for him to shout out these displays of motion he does here, it feels quite out of place. But in an intentional way. He's equally matched by Chris Pine and the whole cast, Zoe Saldana and Karen Gillan as Gamora and Nebula do a great job bantering with each other and really positing how horrible the alien being Thanos is. He is a gigantic piece of shit. And special note, this should also go to Dave Bautista's Drats. I should add that I'm a fan of wrestling. I've been watching wrestling since probably 1989. Maybe before then, I don't really remember. I'm a huge fan of wrestling. And um, Batista, I, I I always liked Batista. I mean, sure, there were times when he wasn't quite the most dynamic wrestler, but he carried himself like a star. And it's heartwarming to see, after he succeeded in wrestling, he went starting from ground up in terms of acting. Remember, at the point he started, The Rock wasn't quite the star he is today. And he was John Cena. And he worked his way up. He fought like hell to get the audition for Guardians of Galaxy. And he delivered an outstanding performance for someone who didn't have much like professional acting experience. Obviously, wrestling is entertainment and very theatrical and does quite acting elements. But it's different being star of a major motion budget picture. But he destroyed it, delivering an incredible performance as Drax, and it was funny, and also displayed little hints of tragedy. And this movie, they won up it. He has a scene where Mantis, who can take emotions, who can feel your emotions, feels what he's feeling, and is crushed by an overwhelming sense of sadness. But all while Batista's there, just looking solemn and resigned, but in a very subtle way, we can tell exactly what he's aiming for reaction-wise, and what his general performance nature does. His draconic and low nature as Drats is actually a front, which is very interesting to see. But he does a great job and really holds his own alongside some damn fine actors. I mean, when you're holding your own opposite Rooker and Russell and even Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana, that's an achievement. 
And general nature of this movie seems to be James Gunn exploring some of his issues, for lack of a better term. He's mentioned this publicly online, that he relates quite strongly to Rocket Raccoon, who is a being who seems to push people away because doesn't want them to sound broken. And I, I can actually relate to that. It's quite powerful to watch. Same way I can re- I related to Bruce Banner's moment in the Avengers. That's my secret cap. I'm always angry. I relate Rock Raccoon because, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, I felt the same way. It's sort of like you don't want people, you don't want to admit how much you need people or how much you care about people, so you push them away. It's only in recent years which I've gone back to that, but really does strongly show that James Gunn, for all his faults in those emails and the, sorry, those tweets that he maybe shouldn't have sent and blog posts and he maybe shouldn't have done that he's doing be edgy, is genuinely a really sweet guy who's just trying to better himself. And the fact that he's been put back on Guardians of Galaxy is heartwarming. Because these movies work fundamentally because of who James Gunn is as a person and the emotions and themes he's exploring in these movies. Because this sure shit wasn't in comic books. Like Dan Abnett and Andy Lang in comic books were good. And Bendis ones were okay. But none of this was from comic books. I don't care what they say. This is elevating comic books above where they should be. And it's also quite nice. Because since the last Guardians movie came out. Star Wars came out. And Force Awakens was fantastic. And I've enjoyed all Star Wars movies to various degrees. Rise Skywalker I'm slowly getting into more and more. Um, it's no Last Jedi, but it's getting, at least in schlocky way, more enjoyable. But Guardians of Galaxy re-stems a boat, because this seems to veer away from Star Wars to be more of a personal story for James Gunn, and it does a really, really, really good job there. Visually, it's outstanding. Soundtrack's as good as ever. There's a shot when they get on Ego's planet and they've been taken across it. It's an ongoing running shot both CGI and actors reacting to background aren't there. And beautiful... Oh, God, what's that song? My Dear Lord by George Harrison. That beautiful song playing on soundtrack is perfect, perfect comic book movie making. It's perfect. So I say, while this movie's flawed, and there's aspects which don't quite work the way they intended, and... One can't help but feel maybe if David Bowie was in movies they originally wanted, it might have been even higher up in rankings. But as an overall experience, this is brilliant, brilliant directing and acting and writing. So I'm going to go 5 out of 5. This is just, I, I love Guardians. It's the most consistent Marvel Frank, part of Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we have to wait a few more years for a movie. I think it's way worth wait because if you get someone like James Gunn making movies, you wait for James Gunn. That's just it. Anyway, this is Ian Austin saying, as always, remember that life is beautiful. And I'll see you tomorrow for, I think, for Ragnarok. Until then, bye-bye.